This is the MMA Takes Podcast with your host, Brian Petrie. Music is fire every motherfucking time. Welcome to the Pick on Podcast, boys, 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 and girls. We have a amazing, amazing combat sports weekend kicking off tomorrow night with the PFL. Uh, if you're a World Doom fan, sure. I mean, it's MMA on Thursday night, so I'm going to tune in, right? I don't bet it, but I'm just going to watch it, right? Bellator, sick card. You don't hear me saying that often. Uh, an incredible card from top to bottom. They got some really good talent on that card. I'm, I'm really interested in seeing how those fights play out. And then you got Saturday, you got the UFC, which I think the UFC is a good card. Kind of a weak main event. There's other fights that should have been a main event. We'll get to it. Now, let's just talk about it now. I mean, Cerrone uh, uh, versus Diego. Well, that wasn't the main event. I think that was a co-main event. The main event was CJ Dillashaw versus uh, Corey Sanhagen. Obviously, TJ got a cut. Cerrone is now fighting Morono because Diego Sanchez is a crazy person or more crazy. Um, but Neil Magny, Jeff Neal could have been a good main event. I don't know if Jeff Neal wanted to go five rounds to Neil Magny. Uh, Diego Farrar versus Gregor Gillespie would have been a sick main event. I think Amanda Hebos over Angela Hill would have been a better main event. Um it, but they stuck with Marina Rodriguez versus Michelle Watterson. I guess Michelle Watterson brings in the numbers. She main events a lot. The karate hottie hasn't done much in UFC. I think she is, you know, we'll, we'll get to her. We'll get to her fight. I'm not going to jump ahead, boys. We'll get to her fight. Um, but, yeah, so, um, and then Canelo Alvarez versus Billy Joe Saunders in the boxing realm. I don't get too excited too often uh, about boxing matches. But Canelo Alvarez is out of this world best boxer right now in my opinion um he, he's incredible and then he's going against a guy who's undefeated a fucking gypsy uh uh billy joe saunders who is, is very talented himself crafty crafty southpaw and uh interesting interesting stuff i'm excited for it um before we get to all that i feel like i wanted to say something i feel like there was a personal little thing you know went to the gym twice this week whatever tweeted about it <laughs> No big deal. <laughs> I'm getting ripped already. It's no big deal. Um, no, I, uh, oh, that's what it is. Okay, so I talked about it. Bear with me here. Uh, I ordered some gear for the gym because, you know, I need MMA gloves and shin guards. The whole works. I decided that I was going to take a new leaf. Brian, you don't need the most expensive stuff. You, you, Brian, you still need it, Brian. You know, I'm telling myself that. So I go out and, and and I get some of the cheaper stuff, right? And and maybe not the cheaper stuff, but the, the ones that run sale. So Adidas has a combat sports thing. They make pretty decent boxing gloves and they have a combat sports website. And um, so I got a pair of their shin guards, right? They were like 50, 40, 40, I think 40 bucks. They all came in yesterday, right? And I didn't I didn't get I didn't go to the gym yesterday, so I went to my my gym. Okay. The the, the Brian Petrie motherfucking garage gym. That's I'm going to, you know, put some mats down. We we got a whole thing in the works right now because I'm a fucking... When I do it, I do it big, baby. If you got to respect anything, do it, do it big. Um, and so I, I put these things on, right? And I, I I measured everything. You know, I measured my head, measured my hands, measured my legs. I, I knew my proper measurements, put the Adidas shin pads on. 
just not a great fit. Very stiff. I knew you had to break them in to go downstairs, throw some kicks, move a little bit. They're slipping off, which is like the worst thing you can do with fucking um, shin guards. You don't want to keep fixing them. Uh, I had a real cheap pair when I trained before. I mean, they they were trash. So strike one, good to return them. I was like, you know what? These these just these aren't just up to par. I mean, even though I only spent like fifty bucks on them, that's fifty bucks I need back because I, I just can't work with these. I might donate them to the gym that I that I'm going to because I know every gym needs just every day everyone equipment, right? And so I might do that. So then I, you know, I've shitted on Everlast because Everlast is one of the first. It's the one of the oldest brands in boxing they've they've crossed over to mma at least they did for a little bit um they used to make gloves for bellator and other promotions as well and uh they're a consumer brand so they get sold at dicks and it's like made of cardboard and it's just not good quality however they have a pro consumer brand that's a little more high-end little uh a little bit better on the whatever so they had these tie they called them tie muay thai sparring gloves which basically are just sparring mma gloves or big poofy gloves where you could you you could spar with your partners and it and it won't be uh you're you're not fucking taking each other's head off like real light you know light uh, touching sparring, so they were on sale. They were made in Thailand. Everlast hired a Thai company to make these, and I was like, you know what? Okay, you know I was looking at some of the the Fairtex and Twins, and they're very expensive, and some maybe even the Hayabusa. Shout out Hayabusa, which is you know an MMA company, and um I was looking at all these, and I just was like, you know what? I'm I'm, I'm gonna go with these because. They're cheap. They're on sale, right? And I'm like, you don't need to be the fucking bougie guy. The last thing I want to do is walk into the gym and get big time. And I did. I walked into the gym and I got big timed a little bit by this 145 pound dude who kind of sized me up, right? And I, I was, you know, I think I'm, I'm. Well, no, I'm gonna take that back. I'm not the most friendly guy. I was, I was trying to, I was introducing myself, which I never do, and. You know, I, I mainly just worked to the bag and, and, and stuck to myself. But, you know, good good first day. Good first day. Um, but uh, I don't want to be, I don't want to walk in there with all this like high-end expensive stuff. I've already got looks at because I got the Onyx boxing gloves, which are amazing. They're a little more expensive. They're not the most expensive things. I have winning gloves, which are the most expensive gloves. I didn't even bust those out yet, right? Didn't even pack them. I don't have my gym bag yet, so I just... I had, a, I had a little bag that I brought, like a backpack I brought with me, but I don't have like my full-fledged gym bag where I'm going to keep everything there. Um, so I got sized up a little bit, but you walk in with all this fancy gear, they're going to think you're like, you know, whatever. And I can hold my own. I can, I can, I can spar with anybody. At least I used to be able to. Obviously, I'm going to be a little rusty, but, you know, when it comes to like wrestling and it comes to jiu-jitsu, I'm, I'm, you know, I'd never claim to be elite at all. You know, I'm strong. That's about it. So you got to be kind of careful. So I was like, you know what, Brian? You don't need the expensive stuff. Just get the cheap stuff. You know, get the get the consumer. Get the cheap stuff. Fit in. Blend in. Be one time. And the gloves are worse than the shin guards. The gloves are so bad. They when you when you have MMA sparring gloves with the, with the padding, but the more padding on top, it's supposed to curve your hand naturally, right? That's why you know the, the you know the they want a version of that in the UFC. <clears throat> it, you know, without, with a little bit less padding, but they want you to curve your hand. These are, you know, I measure my hands. I got the right size and it's so hard to make a fist. It like hurts your fingers. It, they're just bad deal. They're just a bad deal. So I'm definitely returning both those. So I had to order. So basically what I did was I just wasted money, which I'm going to get back, but it's out of my account right now. And I wasted time because I got to send these back and I just ordered 
the ones that I should have ordered to begin with, the little more expensive ones, the ones that I know are good brands and good quality and not even give a fuck if people size me up. Size me the fuck up, okay? Because you're sizing up a big dude. You know what I mean? But uh, that's it. That's it. I just, I have expensive taste and there's nothing I can do about it. And I'm a fucking idiot and bozo. And uh, yeah, so that's it. But I will say I am committed to getting in shape and, and, and training and getting back into it. I'm very excited. I'm, I'm, I'm teed up. Drive's a little bit for me. The drive is going to get to me. I already can tell. I'm excited to go in, in these first weeks, months, whatever. I'm going to be totally cool with it. But I don't want to because I know I'm going to quit eventually or I'm going to want to quit. And I don't want that drive to be my excuse. I don't want it to be like, oh, it's a 30 minute drive. I don't have time for that. I got two kids, right? I'm already not going in there training to be a fighter. I'm just going in there getting in shape. I've made that clear. I'm not challenging anybody. I'm not trying to get an amateur spot. I'm there to work. If you need a body, I'm there, right? I need to get in shape. That's it. Um, and I've been looking at mats. I've been killing it with the, uh, with the gambling and I've been looking at mats on, uh, online. And I, I went again, this is, this is the old fucking, they, that you know, people were saying, go to tractor supply on, on YouTube and get horse stall mats are super cheap and heavy. And those could be like good, you know, put in your garage and be good gym mats for you. So I looked up that route and was like, nah. So then I, I reached out to two different companies, zebra and Dolomer, who make incredible mats. They're they're If you go to any, respectable jujitsu gym. It's either going to be three brands. It's going to be Fuji. It's going to be Dalamore. It's going to be zebra. Um, there might be one out there. I don't know. That probably makes a good map, but those are the three big ones. Zebra. They both now make a, at home mat situation because of during quarantine, everyone needs to work at home. Um, it's like a new product or whatever. It's very, it's pretty expensive, but both are incredible. Zebra was my first choice. They're out of stock. So I went Dalamore. I haven't bought them yet. I'm going to buy them. Free delivery, and then I'm gonna have a. Uh, um, I'm basically you see if you watch my YouTube videos, um, you've seen my garage is a mess right now. I'm gonna turn that into like some mats and stuff. I'm gonna get a fucking. I was looking up grappling dummies today on 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 Amazon. They have some really dirt cheap ones. I'm gonna get one of those. Throw that fucking thing around, uh, and then obviously people in in the area are more than welcome to come over. We'll, we'll open a little thing because I know that drive is gonna bother me. And I don't want any excuse because I'm an excuse make, maker when it comes to like hard work. I'm the first one to admit it. When it comes to like hard physical work, I mean, there's a reason I'm overweight, right? It's because it's not because I eat a ton because I really don't actually eat that much. It's because the physical hard work is, is what breaks people. And I've been broken on that before. I'm not afraid to admit it. And so I don't want this 30 minute drive to be like, that's why I didn't go. I mean, who can blame me? It's 30 minutes or whatever. But so I'm, I'm putting mats in my garage and, if I don't make it out to there, I have, I have the workout and the thing. I got all the equipment, you know, I'm investing money into this. So no excuses. And and I don't think I'll give any, I think, I think I'm going to be, I'm going to be all right. I'm going to be posting obviously more videos of that. I'm going to be doing some gear reviews, which I always love watching. And I feel like I could be good at it because I've tried fucking everything. Um, I did the Onyx gloves and then uh, <clears throat> I'm going to do the stuff that I got. <clears throat> I won't do the stuff I already got the Adidas Neverlast. I won't bash them onto it or on YouTube, but <clears throat> the new stuff I got out, I'll, I'll do some reviews I, I, and, and they'll be honest if I like them or not. All right, let's get to the fights. Enough of me yapping about yapping <sighs> Two, 11 minutes in. I'm hard. I'm just shut up, Brian. You're probably like, dude, just give me a fucking pick already. I got some picks. I like this fight card. Um, 
it, when I first looked at it and was going over it, I, I really love two fighters and it was very heavy on chalk. Um, I, I kind of had a reach or I felt like I was reaching for underdogs. And then when I really kind of dove in, I started kind of getting gut feelings as well and looked at records and, and, and took a chance on a guy and, 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 you know, and I, I think we're going to make some money. I'm confident. I don't know if I'm seeing the field like Patty Mahomes, like I did last week, last week I was locked in. I feel like I'm locked in. I think I'm more like, um, like Matt Ryan Super Bowl year who had a great year. I mean, he's not, he's not Tom Brady. He's not Aaron Rodgers, but his MVP year. I think I'm, I think I'm Matt Ryan right now. You know, I got a lot of talent on <laughs> around me with Tim and Christian. And, uh, I think, uh, I think I'm Matt Ryan enough of the football analogy. Let's go. Ryan Benoit 14 and seven. He is a, or excuse me. What? Sorry. Wrong fight. Kristen Aguilera, 14 and 7, plus 120 underdog. He is fighting Karrison. Karrison Harris, 15 and 4, making his UFC debut. This was a fight where I was like, oh, I'm going dog. I don't know who this Harris guy is. I'm going dog no matter what. Making his UFC debut. Fuck this guy. Kristen uh, uh, Aguilera can crack. And then I looked at this guy. And I looked at tape on this guy. He's from a country that I don't even know. Trains out of Brazil. Um, but he's from... Gonyana, which I, I looked at this flag, don't know what it is. He's got to be the first guy ever from this country to fight in the UFC. Props to him. And then I looked at his record, and he's fought some studs. He really has. He's lost to some good guys. He's got uh, he's got four losses, two very, very early back in 2011 and 2012. You know, don't really count those. He's been fighting for a while. Lost a split decision against Julio Cesar Armande, who's a very average fighter. Um, that fight was, was up and down. He's got a win over Wellington Terman, who's in the UFC. Um, he's got a win over Tiago Vieira, who's eight and one Carl Booth, a solid English fighter, who's seven and one his, uh, he got knocked out, got finished by one time by dream, uh, Jerome Hassan Al Sawali, who's going to be fighting the UFC. But his last fight against Sagig is is a hell of a name in the UAE Warriors. Back in January was an incredible performance. The guy he beat finished was 17 and one Russian tough, durable. Um, this kid's a good grappler. This kid's wild on his feet. He's got good cardio. He's fought good competition. Christian Aguilera. Um, the guy's got one way to win. And that, and that's a knockout. He's going to go out there balls of the wall. Probably his gas tank isn't the best. He got submitted the last time he fought. Um, and I think that's probably good. What happened to him again? I'm a good to go Harris here, Megan's UFC debut, but I just like the body work before he comes in. You know, sometimes you, you look at these guys body work and they got a really padded record, but it's like, yeah, but who have you fought? And a lot of Brazilian guys, I know this guy trains, he's not Brazilian he trains in Brazil. Um, but he's one of the UAE, which I think is a solid promotion. There's a lot of people over in Dubai who are solid, solid prospects. He's fought some tough Russians and, uh, his losses, besides maybe one or two, some solid dudes, and I think uh, Aguilera's over his head here. I think again, he's he's just outmatched everywhere. Guy has the power advantage, but not about it. I mean, that's about it right there. Why do my levels keep popping on me? All right, um, next up, tough tough on in Chukwu. Fucking nailed it. <laughs> he's minus one fifty two versus Jung on Park. 12 and 4 plus 125. I'm smelling underdog. I wish I had my old tune. Underdog. Listen, I Tafon is 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 a prospect, right? He, he I believe he was on the contender series at 205. 
He fought a guy out Montevin or whatever who gave him some fits. Who this guy probably should fight at 155. He's not a 205er, and he knocked him out eventually. The guy just got knocked out in the LFA, so kind of scratched that win. Had a three round uh, fight against Jimmy Pickett where he looked at, he controlled the pace. Right, I, I thought I picked Pickett in that fight as a big underdog. I thought Tafan was going to slow down. He showed up. He showed pretty good pace in that um, in that fight. Problem is, is um, he's fighting a guy, Jonio Park, who is primarily a striker, has been finished on the ground before, but those guys from Korean top team, those South Korea dudes, they all have fucking good judo and good ground game, even if they haven't shown it. They're all fucking talented on the ground. And uh, I'm going to go Park as the underdog here at plus 125. I'm taking a shot. Um, he's never blown me away in the UFC. Tafan is 5-0. and Ch- Park has three times the amount of experience he has. And I think he has more ways to win. Tafan's going to want to come out and knock him out. I think Park's going to want to stand a little bit. But once they once they clinch and grapple and, and Park lands a takedown, and if, if his top game is any indication of what other guys from Korean uh, top team are, he can probably hold him there. And, and Tafan's going to have to really work to get to the do his feet. I think the 85 cuts could be a problem. He's a thick boy. He did well against Jamie Pickett, but um, cardio wise, but I just don't think he's going to hold up here against park. Again, I'm not blown away by park. I think he's fought some good dudes. Um, he got choked, choked out by Anthony Hernandez by darts, but that darts is fucking nasty. He just choked out that high, high level Brazilian jiu-jitsu guy with that Rodolfo Vera, I think. So that's not a huge loss that you, you, you got choked out by the guy's signature move. That's very, very good. Um, well, that move is Anthony Hernandez is not very good, but that move is. So I'm gonna I'm gonna take the risk here. I don't trust the guy five and zero. I don't trust the guy five and zero coming from Lloyd Irvin either. Lloyd Irvin's got one student right now, Sadiq Yusuf, who's very very good. Tafon could be very good. I'm fading him right now. I could regret this in the past, but this is a fight I'm looking to bet as well. Straight wager on, on Jung Yoo Park. Uh, maybe half uni, maybe one uni. If I'm feeling fucking good, I'm feeling a little a little crazy. Um, but yeah, I like this spot here for him. I think this is uh this is a good spot for Park. I think this is a good fight for both guys too. Park, who I, I think can be entertaining, right? And then you got Tafan who kind of got hyped up from the contenders or yeah, the contender series with that knockout over the 55er. Um, so this would be an entertaining fight. All right, Ryan Benoit, who I try to start the night with, 10 and 7, minus 150 versus <clears throat> Zarouk. Zarouk. Ashinov. I've seen this guy fight two, three times. He's three and three. Hasn't won a fight in the UFC yet. Primarily a kickboxer. Has been finished, I think, both times by knockout, too, which is just not a good look. This is what, <clears throat> no, excuse me, uh, Madari Sue beat him by decision. Tyson Nam did knock him out, though. But this is what I'm talking about. He he got, Madari Sue pieced this dude up. And I whenever kickboxers come over, this is kind of how I broke down the, the Giga fight as well. Giga has had more fights in MMA. He's adapting and striking, but Kickboxing striking is different from from MMA striking. But Noy's a guy who who gets after it. He's a tough, durable dude. He, he goes after. He's fought some good guys. He's got some ugly wins. He has a knockout win over Sergio Pettis. However, when I broke down this fight and I looked up tape and I looked at these lines, I mean, I'm going to regret this. I fucking know it. I'm going to really... Benoit could go out there and steamroll Zarouk, but this smells like an upset to me. I'm smelling upset. Zarouk... Good striker, Benoit, very aggressive, is hittable, decent grappler, but I, you know, he's got to grapple this fight. I just don't know if he's able to do that for three rounds or if he wants to. He likes to get wild in there. And I think Zarouk, this guy was three and oh, or three, he was three and one when he got brought in the UFC. You get brought in the UFC at three and one, they obviously see something in you, right? Unless you're fucking 
uncle or cousin like hat black is blackmailing Sean Shelby or Dana White. You get brought in because they see something in you. Great kickboxer. Hasn't really shown up in the MMA uh, or UFC MMA realm. Maybe he got thrown in too quick at three and one, possibly. But Ryan Benoit's 10 to seven and he's lost to some, some, some guys that are good and he's beaten some guys that are good, but he's not like super, super high class. So, so, uh, so uh, Majari Sue is a legit striker. Tyson Nam is, 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 is a good prospect at 125, but Noy, I don't think he's at that level yet. I think he's an entertaining fighter, but I don't think he's world-class. I'm taking a shot at the dog here just because when I looked at this fight, boys, I was smelling upset. I was smelling upset. I don't know why. Call me crazy. Call me what you want. But smelling motherfucking upset. All right, next up, you got Mike Trezano, 8 and 1, plus 190 versus Luvik Klein, 17 and 2. He is a minus 245 favorite. This is a fight that I think we're all going to get rich on. Or, or we're all going to be wrong on. Mike Trezano hasn't fought in a while. Ultimate Fighter winner. Probably one of the lesser known Ultimate Fighter winners. You know what I mean? Um, he beat Joe Giannetti. Right? That's He won the Ultimate Fighter. Man, am I crazy? Yeah, Mike Trezano. He won the Ultimate Fighter against Joe Giannetti. Yeah. Probably maybe next to that English dude that knocked out Frank Lester's teeth a million years ago. And maybe Amir Sadala, did he ever win? He won it too, right? There's a lot of really ultimate fighter winners that really slipped through the cracks. <clears throat> Luis Pena was on that season, and Luis Pena got hurt, I believe. And he was uh, obviously the guy everyone thought was going to win. And then uh, it was Joe Giannetti, who's not even in the UFC anymore, and Mike Trezano. Um, and he's a solid kid from from Ramsey, New Jersey. He's He's got some wins every which way. He beat Luis Pena, so he won the fight. He won the Ultimate Fighter, beat Pena, took a year off, fought Grant Dawson, lost by rear naked choke in the second round, really wasn't in that fight the entire time. Hasn't fought since May of 2019, so literally two years off, and he gets Luvik Klein, who is an absolute stud. Now, here's here's why I say we're gonna get rich or we're gonna we're gonna fall out. Luvik Klein from Slovenia, right? I think he's training in America now. I think, according to his Instagram, I could be wrong on that. Miss weight for his USA debut against Shane Young, who is a scrappy guy, an okay guy, not, I mean, super high level, trains with a good camp, but just lost his last fight. He he knocked out Shane Young. He put him in, he put him in a fucking body bag. He hurt Shane Young, knocked Shane Young out pretty bad. Um, and that was impressive. Everyone's on this kid. But then you go and you look at his record. He's 17 and 2. So he's over in that European scene, right? Which is producing incredible talent at this level. Back when Michael Bisbing was one of the first English guys and Dan Hardy and, and a couple of these guys came over, Europe was still figuring itself out, right? A lot of Russians didn't want to compete in MMA because they had combat Sambo. A lot of guys just stuck to wrestling and then the grappling in some parts of these world were absolutely terrible. Now these European guys are coming over and they're fucking legit prospects that fight and the, and the competition is, is really good. So his last fights, he debuted against Shane Young, missed weight though, knocked him out in the first round in about a minute 15. To get into the UFC, he fought Ludis Sajakwit, 14-5, solid prospect, decent kid, knocked him out in round one. Then he knocked out Jose Paulo Rodriguez, head kick round three. That was a war. That kid's 39, 16, and two. He's been around forever. Kind of gave him a little run for his money. Then William Lima knocked him out as well. 
He had a decision win by uh, against Abi Makadov, who was eleven and two, he's thirteen and four currently. This is a Georgian fighter, uh, or excuse me, he's he's Austrian. Excuse me, flags got mixed up there. Solid prospect. I've looked up tape on all these guys. Right, his last loss was to Aiden Lee by rear naked choke in twenty seventeen. So not that long ago. Aiden Lee's nine and four, coming out of England, trained by Tom Breeze. Uh, he's over in Bellator now. He's he's two and one in Bellator, I believe, right? Yeah, two and one in Bellator. He's only lost to Saul Rogers, who's a beast wrestler. Um, he's got some okay names on his record. So that's that's a loss that people are circling because Aiden Lee, again, nine and four, not this world beater, but took him down and submitted him, right? He also has some wins on his record as well um, by submission. So, but he's primarily a stand up guy. So here's the problem. With me, I get very excited with new prospects. I get incredibly excited, and and it's one fight in, and he knocked out Shane Long by missing weight. So the guy, first off, has got to miss weight. He's fighting a guy Mike Trezano, who I've never been impressed with. However, does have some skills. He's eight and one, right? So this seems like a, a play that I should avoid in my system, right? I have a system. Don't worry about it. Okay. I'm doing just fine. Okay. I got a system. This is a fight that I should avoid because these are the fights that feel like a trap that feel like can bust you. Cause you're going to, if you're going to bet client at this number, you're going heavy. Guess what boys? I'm going heavy. He's the best. Love it. Mortal Lock, it's the best. My best bet of the night, Luvik Klein. I've done the proper research. Klein's got to make weight. He's got to show up. Trezano's going to want to get this fight to the ground. He's a longer guy that's going to want to stay at Luvik's range. I think Luvik's going to be hard to take down. I think he's strong. Cardio's a question. <clears throat> he does have some wins in the third round, but that was not in the UFC. So I want to see Trezano is going to push the pace. He's a tough dude, right? But we've never seen him in there with a guy like Luvit. So Luvit, a lot of people online, a lot of chatter is maybe he's just a one-round fighter. Like, if he doesn't get the knockout like he did so easy in his first fight, where does he go from here? Trisano can bring that dog out in him. And I think Luvit has a dog in him. I think he um, is better on the ground than people give him credit for. Yes, he's been choked out before, but I think... Um, on the ground, he's not going to be like a super fish out of, a fish out of water. And it's not like Trezano is this high, high-level black belt either. That's the path to victory for Trezano is to get him to the ground. I just think Louisville is going to be a little bit of a handful on the feet, on the ground. The only question mark you have, because we haven't seen enough of this guy, is a cardio thing. He's fought outside. He's fought some really good guys. He finishes most of his guys pretty quickly. Like I said, he does have some three-round uh, finishes in there. Taz gone to the second round. So cardio, I think, could be a question mark because the UFCs. this is the big boys. This is the big stage. But I'm going to, this is gambling. You got to risk it for the biscuit. Shout out Timbo. I'm risking here. Minus 245. This is a multi-unit, multiple unit play. I'm thinking about going double digits on the night on Saturday. I got mats to pay for. I'm going to fucking risk it. Who gives a shit? But um, just like Sean Strickland, who was priced similar. He was like 285. I went four units on him last week. I was very confident in that pick. And, um, you know, I, I wanted to finish. I, I, I propped a little bit. I think I'll finish a prop on this. Again, we'll have the prop show on Friday. I think it's a possibility. But right now, straight up play, Luvit Klein at minus 245. When this fight got announced, I thought he'd be a little higher. But I think people are thinking the same thing. I We just haven't seen enough yet. We got to see this guy get pushed. And Trezano, we don't really have enough on him either. Um, but this is going to be, this could be a handful for Trezano. He's got a beautiful mullet right now. 
Sorry, Christian. He's got a beautiful mullet, but I'm I'm I'm, I'm picking against him. All right, next up, Phil Hawes, ten and two, minus pl- or excuse me, plus one fifteen underdog. Finding Kyle Dawkins, ten and one, minus one forty one favorite. This line surprised me a little bit. I thought it should be a pick 'em. Phil Hawes last fight came off with a win, showed a lot of heart, got rocked, got tired, um, but he dug deep. You know, great wrestler. He recovered well. And, and always has that power you got to worry about. Kyle Dawkins is coming off a, an okay performance. He had a great fight against Brendan Allen. Good performance on the contender series. Lost the Brendan Allen fight. It was a back-and-forth scrap. They both showed some toughness. But the Dawkins boys, that, those Philly boys are really cruising right now. Phil Hall's at Sanford MMA. That's a great gym as well. This is this this fight, I think, should be closer. Um, I, I, I'm picking Dawkins <clears throat> solely based on I think he's more well-rounded. I think he does have good stand-up. I think this is a club and sub, as Timbo says. I think this is a classic case of Kyle landing a shot, which he does have some pretty good striking, avoiding Phil in that first round because Phil's got power. And then when it goes to the ground, he's got to jump on a neck or something. Dawkins is is really good on the ground. Um, his last fight, he played a little safe for me. He's a huge favorite. He played a little safe. This time, I think he's priced reasonably. One of them a little lower. Um, because, uh, I think all the, um, all the value, if we're talking gambling, which this is a gambling podcast, all the values on Phil Hawes at that plus number, right? Because he's more powerful. He has a great wrestling background. I mean, Kyle Dawkins isn't going to be a god, isn't going to go out there without striking and taking Hawes down. Just can't. He's a taller guy. He can clinch with them and, and really work the clinch up, but in that clinch, you're susceptible. I got a, I got a speech impediment. Sorry, you're you're there to get hit. Um, so this fight has my mind in a pretzel. I'm going with Dawkins as my first instinct, but I'm also going to send him home. send him home. Send him home early. I'm also going to send him home simply for the fact that I think Dawkins can grab a neck. I think the play here is under whatever they set it at one and a half. I think it's under one and a half. For finish, and then you 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 go Dawkins, um, either by finish or by submission. Because I don't think he might be able to knock Halls out. Now I think about it, because Halls' chin is definitely questionable, and Dawkins is is mm, uh, power isn't like great, but his stand up is is very technical, and he will land some shots. So very interesting fight here for me. I'm excited for this fight. I want to see Dawkins fight that Russian cat a few weeks ago, and he got. Uh, rebounded with Halls and Halls after that war he had where he got almost knocked out in the third round was like, yeah, I'm ready to fight next week. It's like, well, I want to rest that chin there, pal. Um, all right, next up, Ben Rothwell versus Philip Lins. Ben Rothwell is a minus 112. Philip Lins is a minus 112. We got to pick them. The pick them fights. The, I've always bragged on this podcast. I love picking, pick them fights. I love picking, picking fights. This one, not so much. I, you know, Philip Lins is, when he came over to the USC, he was, he was uh, respected heavyweight. I don't, I don't want to say highly talent, highly touted, but respect it. And he's really falling flat. Um, Ben Rothwell has been around for a million years. You know what you're going to get with Ben. He's going to come out. He's going to do a little size shuffle. He's going to want to clinch. He's going to make it ugly. The guy's been busted for steroids about a hundred times. So ever since he's been busted, his powers is not there. Yes. He hits hard. Yes. He's a big boy. He could clearly, knock Lynn's out because Lynn's got knocked out by Tana Bozier, but I just see Lynn's actually being the more athletic guy here. And and this is going to be one of those wacky decisions where Rothwell's going to get hit a lot. Cause I don't think he's going to be the faster guy. 
and then he's going to start kind of chipping away at Linz, and, and hopefully Linz has some cardio because third round could get pretty sloppy, and of these guys really jump off the jump off the charts with cardio. Uh, not looking forward to this fight. I understand why it's a pick on both guys. Vegas is saying, like, good luck with these fucking guys. Good fucking luck. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I'm going to go Linz. I'm leaning Linz here. Probably if I'm going to avoid... Even though I talk all that shit about like I like picking pickums and I like bragging about getting pickum right, I, you know this one I think you gotta avoid here. I just I don't know what these two big fucking oofs are gonna do. So, Amanda Hibas ten and two minus one ninety versus uh, Angela Hill plus one fifty. A lot of minus one ninety plus one fifty. I think like the f- next three fights or four fights are all minus one ninety plus one fifty, which is weird. Obviously. Uh, that just means those. That's what the. I feel like that's what they came out as, and money hasn't moved yet. He boss coming off a knockout over lack of loss over uh, Rodriguez, who's main eventing Angela Hill, getting some steam here, staying active. I love it. Um, this fight was actually a little bit harder than I thought. I initially leaned Hill um, because Hill is very active in her clinch and and can hit and can crack, and and has dropped uh, Claudia Gadela and He boss's chin. Has been tested before. Two not her two losses are by knockout, and I feel like she's coming off back off that knockout loss fairly quickly. But then I just remember that Hebos is such a dog in there that she's probably gonna take this fight to the ground. Angela Hill is working tirelessly on her takedown defense and and off her, her off her guard because no one really wants to you know stand at range and strike with her because she's got very good striking. But Hebos is gonna have to work her way in with strikes and take this fight to the ground for sure. I mean, and, and, and she's lights out on top. She's very very good on top and. I think Heboss is going to rebound here. I'm going to go Heboss here, minus 190. I don't love the number because I do think Angela Hills is, is a great dog here. I think this is a dog play if you're going to play any of this. Um, you know, I just I just don't trust Heboss yet. I don't trust that chin. I think it might be a little too soon. She's fairly young, so, you know, the knockouts don't add up that much when you're younger as, as opposed to when you're older. But, um, I mean, she got knocked out like three times in that fight. The Herb Dean fucked that one up, but... Uh, I'm going to go Hebos here just simply fact, simply based on the fact that if she takes a fight to the ground, I think it's going to be her world. And uh, Angela Hill, is, as much as she's improved, and I still think that's going to be just such a bugaboo. All right, the fight I'm looking forward to the most, Diego Ferrara, 17-3, plus 150 against Gregor Gillespie, 13-1, minus 190. I was and probably still am a big Gregor guy. Um, and it has nothing to do with I'm um, possibly off the train. He's never been like my guy. He was close to becoming my guy. The problem I have with him <clears throat> is he's 34, going to be 35 in August, November, whatever. Could be 35 this year. And he's just at not active enough. He's only got 14 fights. This is a guy who's very talented. His wrestling's really, really good. His ground game's really good. His cardio's great. His stand-up's coming a long way. Um, it has nothing to do with the Kevin Lee loss. It was a horrible loss. It was a knockout. I thought he handled it well. He's been gone for a little bit. I know he was supposed to fight uh, not too long ago. Who was he supposed to fight? It was going to be a dynamite matchup. I I forget. Why can't I remember that? Um, was it always Ferrara? I guess it was always Ferrara. They don't have it. Uh, they don't have it here. I could have swore someone else. Yeah, Brad Riddell. There he was. He's supposed to fight Brad Riddell, which I actually thought was a better matchup for him than Diego Ferrara. Line's a little wide for some people. Um, Gregory Leslie has a lot of questions to be answered. He's only got 14 fights, and, and Diego's coming off a loss against Benil Darius, where I felt like he got exposed a little bit. Very close fight because Benny made it that way. Benny's a wild man. He wants to stand in there. He wants to trade. He wants to get his shots off. He hit Diego with some big shots. He took big shots. But 
Benny took Diego down at will. <clears throat> Diego's a great black belt on the ground. He's high level. He worked to his feet. He threatened by submissions. But Neil Darius is, is also very, very good on the ground. Promise is Gregor Gillespie's takedowns and his top pressure are some of the best at 155. There was talk of high-level guys. I remember chatting, saying the only guy that could compete with Khabib in wrestling was Gregor Gillespie, which, I mean, we'll never know. I think that was just Regency bias because this is right after Gregor just dominated um, and then he got knocked out by Kevin Lee. And no one stopped. No, everyone stopped talking about him. Kevin Lee fight. He didn't wrestle. He decided to stand up a little bit. Was was doing okay, and then got caught by that caught by that kick. But Gregor's got to get back to <clears throat> Gillespie here. He's got to get back to wrestling, smashing faces, smashing elbows on the ground. Now Diego, I think Gregor can take Diego down whenever he wants, and I think Diego's camp knows that. So they're just working off his back, get ups, working off trokes guillotines when you're a wrestler and you dive in for legs your neck's there obviously gregor's training for that as well it's hard this was going to be my mortal lock it's hard for me to steam gregor at minus 190 when there's just so much unknown i'm still picking gregor lefsby i'm still betting multiple units on him because i i believe in him but this is a very interesting fight diego's going to keep the fight standing he's got great hands he's got great boxing his cardio i feel like failed him a little bit in the benny fight um, you know, and he, and he's training full time. He's also like five hours away from his gym in Texas. It's kind of a weird situation. That can't be good. You got to be close to your gym. You can't be five hours away. And then you transport him back and forth. That's time where you should be training. It's, you know, move, right? How much do you love that town in Texas that you're in? Just move to another town. I've been to Texas besides Austin. They're all the fucking same. Just move. Um, but I like Gregor in this fight. I like Gregor multiple units. I, I you know, I, I took to Twitter this morning uh, Thick Diaz commented, which is probably one of the, the better Twitter handles I've ever seen. He likes Gregor and Klein as a, as a parlay, which I love. I'm a straight wager guy now. The only time I parlay is 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 it went, it's like a last-ditch effort for like 10 bucks, but that's a really smart play. I like that, you know, because I think both guys are winning. They're both guys flirted with my mortal locks of the night. And, uh, yeah, I like Gregor in this. I think he's going to take him down. I think he's going to pound him out. And I don't know if he's going to get a finish. And his cardio, I don't think you have to question his cardio. I think his cardio can go. And he's going to push a pace on, on Diego. I just hope that the the Kevin Lee knockout didn't fuck with him too much where he wants to go out and prove like, hey, I know I got knocked out, but my striking has gotten better. Because even though Diego isn't the like flashiest guy in the world on the feet, he's got good fundamentals and he's got good power. He's got good boxing. So I hope Gregor mixes it up well because that's what every mixed martial arts needs. Martist, uh, martist, they need to do. But I think the wrestling is really going to separate this, and and hopefully he doesn't get caught in anything. That's the only thing I'm worried about is, is is you you just can't improve your takedown defense overnight like that. Wrestling takes so many years to get good at, and Diego fought Benny not that long ago. I just not going to get better. His camp knows that. They know that. So it's just like constant off your back. Let's catch this guy in something. Um, and, uh, and I hope Gregor's ready for it. All right. Next up, Maurice green versus Marcos Rodrigo de Lima. I have no idea why this is on the main card. This heavyweight fight stinks. Maurice green's nine and five. He is a plus plus one fifty underdog. Marcos Rodrigo de Lima is a minus one ninety. I'm going to keep this short and sweet because this fight stinks and the final three fights are better. Um, Maurice green is, is okay. De Lima got choked out by a form by Romanov who, just manhandle him. Delima has a problem on the ground, has a problem gassing out. 
Maurice Green has a problem getting hurt on the feet. He's working on his feet. He's so much taller than DeLima. I think DeLima's going to have a hard time landing those big shots. And I think Maurice Green's going to take advantage of the kicks. And then when it hits the ground, probably get a submission. I'm going Maurice Green as underdog here. It's an okay play. I think if if you're chasing dog money, I think this isn't the worst thing you can do. This is kind of a Christian system. He bets middling heavyweights and he bets the underdog. And, and, he, and, he go, and he's been prop hunting on that. And he hits big props. So, you know, there you go. Maurice Green is my pick. Next up, battle of uh, Neil Magny versus Jeff Green. It's uh, Neil Magny's a plus 150. Jeff Green is a minus 190. I call this the Colin Kaepernick fight because it's the battle of the Neils. <laughs> Get it? Because, you know, Colin Kaepernick, you know, kneeled and the whole America went crazy. Pretty, that's a good joke, okay? If you're not laughing right now in your car or where you're at, fuck you, because that was funny. Uh, Neil Magny versus Jeff Neal. Um, first off, Props to both guys taking the fight because these guys I feel like are avoided in the 170 pound division because they're both different and, and awkward in the same way. Jeff Neal coming off a loss, impressive loss to Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. He showed us grit, showed us toughness for a guy who's only had 16 fights. Um, and and Stephen, if you stand up with Stephen Thompson, you're gonna probably lose unless you catch him and knock him out. But his stand up is just world class, and and Jeff is more of a straightforward boxer and he kind of got pieced up by uh steven thompson but it was a fantastic fight and then neil magny this guy no one wants to fight this guy this guy's got cardio for days he's fought everyone his only loss to like in my opinion to like the elite in the division right so michael kiesa was his last fight uh fight kiesa just grounded him out grappled him and was just a stronger guy the bigger stronger guy they have similar body types that's a that's a, that's a bad matchup for him beat robbie lawler beat anthony rocker martin beat the leech all by decision Got knocked out by Santiago Ponsonibio, which again, I don't think Ponsonibio is elite. I think there's some problems in this game, but that was in Argentina, I believe, or Venezuela. Where's he from? Where are you from, Ponzi? Venezuela? Argentina. I was right the first time. That was in Argentina against a guy who, you know, that's his, that's where he's from. Fourth round knockout. Not a big deal, right? It's going to happen, right? And then, uh, you know, he's fought some of the best. The only ugly loss in there, in my opinion, is Lorenz Larkin. He's got some losses way, way, way back when, back in 2013 against Sergio Moraes and Sepazinski, but whatever. But since in the UFC, he's got a lot of UFC fights, right? Damian Maia choked him out. Not crazy. Lorenz Larkin, TKO'd him in the first round. That was a little rough. Uh, Rafael Dos Anjos choked or arm barred or, or arm triangle choked, excuse me, in the first round. And then Ponsonibio and then the Michael Chiesa. Problem with Neil Magny, though, is he, keep, he keeps such a high pace, and he's not great off his back. He wants to be on top. He wants that pressure. He wants to clinch. He wants to wrestle. He's got his own awkward style because he's very long. His boxing's decent. Um, his chin can be tested, though, and that's what I'm curious of what Jeff Neal's going to do. Jeff Neal hasn't fought a wrestler yet in the UFC. We haven't seen really his gra- grappling chops. We've seen him only fight kind of hand-picked, striking opponents for Jeff Neal because he's a very exciting fighter. He's fucking very good. He's he's good at what he does. Very good. Um, and Neil Magny is is a guy that they probably didn't want Jeff Neal to fight right now, but no one else is willing to take that fight. Jeff Neal's got the 12. Magny's got the 9. Everyone above him in the rankings are like, nah, we're good. We're good. I mean, why am I going to fight a guy behind me that, you know, that's more dangerous, you know? And, and, uh, that's just the the problem with the rankings is a lot of guys don't want to don't want to do that. So with this fight, it's tough, right? Because I like Neil's stand up, and I like Magny's 
overall game in MMA with the pressure and the wrestling and the cardio and on top. And with that, I think I just made up my mind. Be a dog. We don't need no meows. We don't need no cats. We need more dogs. This is MMA Takes Underdog Lock in a nice Neil Magny. I just think if he doesn't get caught and he pushes that pace and he clinches up and he gets his fight to the ground, I think Jeff Neal's only option on the ground is to just explode back to his feet, explode back to his feet. And he carries a lot of muscle, and I think that's eventually going to wear on him and eventually just just slow him down. I think Neal's going to slowly take over. Neal's not a finisher. Um, like, you know, he's just not, he's just going to grind on you and probably win a decision. I see a Neil, Neil winning decision. I, I see some moments in there for Jeff Neil. I see some, some shots, um, being landed on Neil and, and possibly hurting him. But I just say, I just say Magny wins this. Magny's going to win. And I, I like it at that number. I come in at Donald Cerrone versus Alex Morono. Cowboy minus 177. Morono plus 145. I actually kind of like this matchup. So Morono is a very middling 170, right? Just lost to Pettis, I believe. Um, has a little bit of a chin issue, but is an awkward guy to fight and is dur- um, not durable, but um, willing to get in there and, and scrap it up, right? You got a guy like Cowboy who's at the end of his road, right? <clears throat> See that Cowboy at the end of his road? You like that? Um, and they need, and he's a huge star still. People eat this guy up. They love him, right? And they need him to f- get a win, Essentially, they need they need these final fights in this contract to be against people smart. That's why he got matched up with Diego Sanchez. That was a smart fight. And Morono coming in on short notice is at 170. Um, I like I like Cerrone here. I like Cowboy here. That's a fight I'm probably gonna bet. I think Cerrone's stand up is is world class still. I think his chin is the only thing that has really kind of fallen off. I think his cardio is legit. I think his wrestling is really good. I think he's good off his back. I think people forget how good Donald Cerrone is just because he's dropped a couple fights and he's, and he's looked bad in some fights. Morono's just not one of those guys that's going to land that one touch like a Connor, like some of these other guys that Cerrone has been fighting. He's going to try to keep a pace. He's going to be in your face. He's going to probably maybe take Cowboy down, maybe not, but you know, he's mainly going to try to make it ugly and, and make it a fight. And I think that's where Cowboy really shines against levels of Morono. I'm actually surprised Cowboy's not as high as he is. Um, I know he's coming off some losses and he's not the old Cowboys taking some time off, which it's kind of weird, but you know, he, he, you know, he's coming off, uh, a majority No, What happened to the Nico price fight? Okay. So originally ruled a majority draws. The result of the fight was changed. So no contest when, okay. So him and Nico fought ruled a draw. Um, Nico tested positive for, for weed. Before that, he lost four fights in a row. So obviously, this is a fight Cowboy needs. But lost to Pettis in a very close fight. Got caught by McGregor. Got caught by Gaethje. And, you know, got his eye stopped. uh, His eye stopped. His eye shut by um, Tony. In a fight that was fairly competitive. Tony was obviously getting better at the exchanges. But, um, again, that's just a guy that, at the time, Tony was fighting with so much confidence. Justin Gaethje caught him in that first round. Justin Gaethje was a special athlete at that point. Connor again caught him early with a head kick, and then Pettis was a very competitive fight. I, I'm a little surprised it's low. Um, I kind of like that it's low at 177. I know that's not the lowest number in the world, 
But when you got a bankroll like this, baby, you got to put a lot of in. Uh, I'm going Cerrone here. This is almost my mortal lock as well, but I just really like Lubit Klein. All right, main event. Marina Hadiguez, 13-1. She is a minus 215. She's fighting Michelle. Karate Hattie Watterson, uh, plus 175. Again, this shouldn't be the main event, I don't think. I think uh, they, they could promote Michelle Watterson because she's the karate hottie. She's, she's pretty. She's whatever. Um, not the most exciting fighter, in my opinion. I think her stand-up is average. I think she's going to be well undersized at 125. This girl should be fighting at 105, not 115. They don't have an atom weight division, but it is what it is. Marina Hidegas is coming off that win over Amanda Hebos. was very impressive. Knocked her out before that. She lost a split decision with Carla Sparza, which is a very, very close fight. She's got wins over Tisha Torres, Jessica Aguilar. Had a majority draw against Rana Marcos, who's kind of an ugly... Uh, spot on a record before that she was in, um, you know, Brazil beating bitches up, but no one really all that good. Uh, but her stand ups really good. I don't know if she's an American top team girl. I felt like she was, but she's not. Um, but yeah, her stand up is, is world-class. It's dangerous. It's it. it she's long. She's going to be bigger than Michelle. She's going to beat Michelle up. Michelle's going to want to grapple here. So she's going to take the fight to the ground. Um, and she just, cause she doesn't have the range. She doesn't have it. You know, the karate hottie. Great. You can, you look cool kicking boards or whatever, but that doesn't translate to a fight against a girl who wants to take her fucking head off. I'm steaming Hadigas. Um, I'm going to bet her as well. Minus two fifteen. another chalky play, maybe a square play. I don't see many people picking Watterson according to MMA Twitter. Um, she can come out and surprise. I doubt it. I think Hadigas is, is tough. She's mean. She wants that finish. She wants that main event spot. They gave it to her. Um, and, you know, the, the, she's a savage in there. I think this is a really interesting fight. I think this is a girl you got to keep an eye on. Um, and uh, I like her. I like her at uh, I like her at 115. How do you guys that is? But 125, I guess they, you know, short notice, you know, instead of cutting the weight, let's go five rounds. I like that. But the advantages are all on how do you guys? And I like saying that last name. All right, that's it. That's the podcast. Um, yeah, go follow me. MMA Takes Podcast on YouTube, on Twitter, and uh, on IG. And uh, let's let's bet. Let's win. Let's win some money, guys. Okay? Let's win some money. Again, I'm, I sound like a broken record. If you comment it and you rate and review it on, on Apple Podcasts, reach out to me. I'll give you some shit. You do me a favor, I do you a favor. Man of my word, that's what I do. Um, yeah, so follow me on those platforms. Go subscribe. I keep saying we're going to be on video. I just, you know, we're going to be on video soon. I just, I have a camera. I just fucking lazy guys. That's just what it is. I'm just fucking lazy. But I do have some fire picks. Camera, video, not whatever, audio, the, I got the motherfucking picks. See ya. Hey, fellas, do me a favor. Get her down off of there. What do you say? I say let her dance. Escort this gentleman to the door. Do you see that shit? He's good. He's real good. The name is Dollar.